Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Hmm, changing it up today, huh? Slowing it down. Hey, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello, everyone. Mr. Mike, too. See, I wasn't going to bring that up this week. I was going to let you off this week. No, you brought it up. No, we're safe this week because it's just me and you. So I have no problem because it's those other two that always get their their noses out of joint. Uh, so, uh, no. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, good. So, of course, uh, for our regular listeners, no Steve Barkley or Liz Malone. No, I think hey. Liz is probably laying on a bearskin rug in front of a fireplace being pampered by her boyfriend in Tahoe. But Yeah, I'm sure. We, you know, I we got to get this boyfriend on the show because I don't think he exists. Hey, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Isn't it? Do, do you know anything about him? Not a thing. Okay, well, she's probably <laughs> keeping it that way for a reason. Because <laughs> she knows us. She's done the podcast with us long enough. She's not introducing us to her loved ones. <laughs> I wonder if we can find him. Oh, dear. Well, listen, since it's just me and you, and uh, why don't we get this party started? Let's do it. So why don't you tell the fine folks at home uh, just what the heck we're doing today? Sure. So today we're talking with a person who was recommended to us by a friend of the show, John Grimes, from the Ambiguously Blind podcast. This gentleman calls himself the world's most interesting griller. He has a YouTube channel and a podcast all about grilling. I'd like to welcome to the show this week, Chris Peltz. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. I appreciate that very much and excited to be here. Ah, so well, glad you could join us and teach us how to cook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Actually, we'll try. <laughs> gee, that is true. Grilling's hard, uh, but we'll, well get into that. Be. Well, actually, you're right. Okay, well, I guess we'll find out. Okay, so <laughs> before we dive into the whole food part of it, because that is, we're definitely excited to uh, be talking to you in that sense for sure. Why don't you give us a little bit of background of, of just who you are, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, um, my name is Chris Peltz. I'm in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, I have RP. And so uh, for the past 15 years, I've had no usable vision. I'm 48 years old now. Um, started losing my sight when I was 10. And uh, my dad gave me about a year to kind of mope around and not do too much, you know, except for feel sorry for myself. And then about a year to the day of my diagnosis, he came and grabbed the, uh, the mattress on the bed at four o'clock in the morning and picked it up, rolled me onto the floor which hurt because I was on the top bunk, but, um, <laughs> but no, he, but yeah, he uh, rolled me out of bed and said, it's time to get up and get going. And I'm going to have to work twice as hard when I get out of his house. I might as well start now. And, uh, they, you know, been pushing me ever since I am a gospel preacher. I preach with local church here in Springfield. I've been preaching uh, for 20 years, uh, just over, in fact, about 20, wow, 24 years. <laughs> time wow. flies. Um, and so, uh, that's, that's my full-time, um, job profession, I guess, uh, is an evangelist, uh, for, uh, a, the Southside Church of Christ here in Springfield, Missouri. 
but uh, about oh 2016, I started a YouTube channel called Blind Grilling and just wanted to share experiences with my family, with uh, my my kids, cooking with them and and just kind of, you know, have that memory saved for, you know, recipes and things that they could look back on and we can, you know, laugh about and enjoy. And, and then it really grew and exploded into something I really never imagined it would explode into. And of course we'll, um, you know, get into that, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, uh kind of the, the quick rundown. Well, it, it is interesting that you chose cooking specifically to sort of talk about, you know, we, we talk about, we talk with a lot of podcasters and a lot of people in the community and something like cooking rarely comes up as something that somebody's focused on talking about, yet it's such an, an, an important part of, of everyday life. You know, those, those independent daily living skills are, are something that are so crucial, but quite often get overlooked. So I'm just curious when when you sort of made the choice to to start the YouTube channel and to start the podcast, why was it specifically that you focused in on something like cooking and grilling? Well, food is something that I love, first of all. Um, and I, you know, I, I just really enjoyed cooking with my kids. You know, it was something that I, I just really loved doing and I, you know, wanted to, um, you know, just kind of record that. I mean, I did a lot of things with my kids and, and it tried to get them exposed to a lot of different things growing up, things that I was exposed to, things that uh, I, I knew would help them be well-rounded and, and good um, people, citizens, just, you know, uh, but we have to cook right? or we have to eat anyway. And so, you know, cooking was one of those things that, um, as life seemed to get in the way of so many things, we always made it a point to get around the table, uh, and eat meals together and talk about our day, talk about school, talk about, you know, just whatever's been going on in our life. And it was always centered around food, uh, in that respect. So it just seemed kind of a natural choice to, uh, to pick that because even though the kids had different interests, they all still like to cook. And so it was still something that we could do together, um, even though they were doing their different things in, in other areas. So how old is, is the, the podcast and, and the YouTube channel and sort of which came first or did they kind of spin out of each other and start at the same time? Right. Yeah. They did not start at the same time. So the podcast um, definitely came later. So YouTube was first and that was, you know, 2016. And, you know, I had one girl who loved to be behind the camera and the other girl that really wanted to be in front of the camera. Uh, my son would make an uh, appearance every once in a while, but um, you know, we, you know, the YouTube channel really started first and foremost doing that together. Um and as that happened, um, there was a police officer here in Springfield that was shot in the head and he survived, but he lost an eye. He suffered brain damage and various things. And, and from there, I thought, you know, I would love to give back to, you know, military first responders and, 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 and those who've suffered vision loss from, from one reason to another. And so we started uh, forming Blind Grilling into a nonprofit. And then from there, 
um, we, you know, we started traveling, um, providing accessible grilling packages to veterans, um, various first responders and others. Uh, John Grimes, you mentioned earlier, he actually received one of our packages that we put together. Um, and, uh, and then finally, uh, we ended up, um, you know, giving one of the packages to that very same officer, uh, who had been shot and, uh, you know, it, it just, it was really just kind of a cool moment, moment for us. Um, unfortunate, you know, that it, it came to that, you know, but, um, you know, we were able to provide a grilling package to, uh, officer Pearson and, and, and then of course, COVID happened and a lot of things were shutting down a lot of things, you know, we just, you didn't want to travel and do the things that we wanted to do food industry we had shut down and, and, you know, I had done a lot of catering. And so I started doing the podcasting because the girls got older, they were less interested in the video and helping out. Of course they wanted, you know, they were going to college, they were going to move out. And so I was kind of left, you know, at, at my own mercy <laughs> And uh, podcasts seem to be a much better fit. And so we've we've maintained the YouTube channel and uploading occasionally. My wife helps out with the videos sometimes, but um, the podcast came about in 2020. And, uh, um, you know, it just kind of took off from there. And especially last year, we really stepped it up last year and uh, really have been pouring a lot of of. Uh, of things into the podcast uh, towards the end of last year till now. So talk to me a little bit about uh, sort of the format of the podcast and just, you know, how they're, how they're structured and and what you kind of talk about in the body of, uh, of the show. We try to drop two episodes a week and Monday's episodes usually are mostly and mainly centered around cooking around, you know, we try to have a recipe or talk about certain grills or accessories, um, it, techniques, um, tips and tricks, you know, especially for those who are blind or visually impaired. Uh, and then Fridays have kind of taken on different shapes and forms. I, I've, I have a lot of hobbies. I do a lot of things. I've experimented in various things, you know, from woodworking to other aspects of, of life. And and so we did a, a woodworking episodes for, you know, several months um, on Friday episodes. Um, I've done a, my story on a Wednesday, but, uh, but now we're really focused back in on the, on the food for both the Monday and Friday episodes. And so we, um, we try to have a guest who is visually impaired, who, um, you know, likes to cook, likes to grill and, um, you know, not necessarily grilling, but at least, you know, does something in the kitchen uh, and and talk about accessibility, what they use to help them, techniques they've learned and try to share a recipe. In your in your experience, are a lot of people in the community and sort of sort of surprised that, you know, blind grilling is a thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, I say that there are a lot of people that are surprised, but I think that they would be even more surprised if to learn how many emails and uh, and now text and and phone calls because I you know usually those who folks who contact me I you know um, I, you know I end up getting in touch with through phone and text and 
and build relationships with and and how many people there are out there that are grilling that are you know uh, you know that love to you know fire up a smoker or fire up a grill and 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 cook outside that I mean there's a bunch there there's just so many that are doing it um and I guess the one thing is they all felt like they were alone, you know? And, and so yeah. I'm trying to build and bring that community together, uh, you know, as best I can, but, um, you know, just trying to get the word. I'm not very good at, at self-promotion necessarily. And, and so it, that, that's been kind of a rough go, but it, it's building. We're, we're getting there. So, you know, in terms of accessible grills, are there different tools that are accessible that you can use for grilling? Or is a lot of it just kind of like experience and tips and tricks and learning how to sort of work with the grill? Where, where are we at with accessible grilling? So it's come a long way. Um, the, it's, it's interesting because it's non-conventional, I guess would be the best way to put it as far as the accessibility aspect is concerned. There are specific accessibility items such as a talking thermometer. Um, and then there's accessibility when it comes to some apps and that you know you can con connect meat probes and pit probes to so you can monitor temperatures. But a lot of things that that I found to be the most helpful and most beneficial, have have been more unconventional methods that have to do with, for example, putting a, a cotton glove on a hand and then uh, what they call a nitrile glove, right? Which would be a, a nitrile glove is something similar to latex gloves, but it's it, it's not something anyone would be allergic to. There's no powder on it, and put that over a cotton liner glove, which makes it waterproof and it's a food safe glove, and the cotton liner gives you enough insulation while it's not a heat resistant glove. It buys you enough time that you can reach in with that nitro glove over it and you can grab meat, you can flip meat, you can, um, you know, you can touch some hot items in a hot grill without burning yourself. And, you know, I don't know when the last time I used a pair of tongs is right. Tongs was like what my worst enemy. Right. I mean, I mean, you start chasing hot dogs and brats. <laughs> and I mean, you're, 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 you know, um, it, it's like guys that are fighting with chopsticks, you know, <laughs> trying to grab some. Mm -hmm. just, it's just a nightmare for me. And it, I got rid of, them. you know, I got rid of the tongs and I use gloves and I just reach in and I feel everything. And it, it that, that works great for me. So it, it's an unconventional method, but it's actually one that I learned from barbecuers, sided barbecuers who are in restaurants because when they've got those huge smokers and they're grabbing pork butts and briskets and racks of ribs, that's what they've used. They put on those the, a cotton liner glove and a nitrile glove over it, and they're just reaching in the smoker and grabbing the meat. And, you know, uh, that to me is one of the best ways to do it. So really, it doesn't sound like there there is actually a ton of assistive technology related to grills that are out there. It sounds like a lot of these are, are very homegrown sort of solutions that people have just sort of learned over the years. I think so, uh, for the most part. And, and the problem that you run into with 
the technology, the accessibility technology, is the fact that it's all Wi-Fi or web um, based. And, and so you become dependent. And, and listen, when it works, it's awesome, right? I mean, you've got devices, you know, like I control my charcoal grill with this little fan device called a Flame Boss that, you know, is, you know, a, a company that has gone above and beyond to provide, you know, accessible app and, and units for the blind and visually impaired, even though that's not their focus, but they've, they've incorporated, you know, that into their focus. And, you know, but it, again, it, it requires a, an accessible device like a, a phone with voiceover or the A-Lady, you know, uh, Amazon device, um, you know, with a skill that you can tell it, you know, or ask it what, you know, tell me what my temperature is or change the set temp and it'll control the fan, you know, so there, there is some tools that are out there, but for the most part, um, you know, there, there are always workarounds. There's always a way to get it done first and foremost. Um, but there, there are definitely some things that are out there such as apps. There are companies that are working on these pellet grills that are making their apps accessible. You know, not all of them, you gotta be really careful with that. But, um, but there are tools that are out there for folks that want to grill that uh, make it where it's not only accessible, but you can do it completely independent of anyone else. I would think that's where you would want somebody who's just being introduced to grilling or barbecue for the first time to possibly start, you know, being able to monitor your temperature of the barbecue, being able to check the temperature of your meat to make sure it's cooked. You know, those can be pretty important. Absolutely. And, and, you know, forget about the, the whole, whether you're sighted or, or, or blind, aspect of this, you know, everyone who has started off cooking, for, you know, and then learned how to do exactly what you just said, check your temperature of your meat, they have upped their game in in the in barbecue and grilling and in just cooking in general. When when you actually learn the temperature aspect of food, then all of a sudden not only are you consistent in your cooks, but you're nailing it every time. I mean, you're, you're, you're not undercooking, you're not overcooking, you, you know, you're just getting it right. And so um, you, that, that's just an aspect of cooking that, you know, I, I encourage everyone to get to at some point um, and not rely as much upon timing, you know, because, you know, you can talk to somebody about timing on bacon in an oven that's set at 450 degrees, well, my oven is going to cook different than yours. And, you know, it may take 20 minutes in my oven, whereas it takes 25 or 15 in someone else's. And so if you start, you know, you say, you know, as a dead set rule, all right, 20 minutes at 450, it, it doesn't always work, right? But if you're talking about a, um, you know, a, a pork butt and you say, listen, you want, pulled pork, you bring that internal temp up to 200 and, you know, 200 degrees and you're good. You can, you can pull it off at 200 degrees every time, regardless of what you're cooking it on. And it's, you know, you're going to have meat that's ready to shred for pulled pork. I mean, it's that, that temperature of the meat 
and of food just it just changes the game altogether. And so if you start there to begin with, you know, the learning curve is is a lot less. So it almost sounds like we need to relearn the way we do things because we've all grown up, you know, chicken, whatever, 45 minutes at 350 or whatever yeah, the temperature yeah. and the timing is, right? We've all been taught timing. So, And and there's a place for it at certain times. And, and you know, sometimes with those thermometers, you put a thermometer in a, a piece of meat and you use the same grill and you, you bring <laughs> it to the same temp every time. And, and you start paying attention, there's going to be some correlation. Meat acts differently, you know, especially larger cuts like brisket and pulled pork, you know, pork butt, you know, they, because of, of texture or because of density and, and fat content, there may be some variations, but for the most part, you can learn pretty quick, you know, on, you know, your on your grill, you can get to where you use timing, but, um, you know, when you start off doing that, you, you know, you'll be like, man, it worked last time. Why didn't it work this time? <laughs> and, and so there's a lot of inconsistencies right. there. And so you can, you can work through it, but yeah, if you can start off with the temp, you can, uh, uh, you can have much, many more pleasant experiences for sure. So are there like, and I'm sure we'll get to this at some point, but is there like a, a resource guide on cooking temperatures for meat that, you know, you, you point people to? Um, so, I, you know, and, and no, they're out there, right? I mean, there's, there's, um, of course, down here in the U.S., we've got the USDA and they've got, you know, their recommended temperatures. So poultry, chicken and, and turkey, you know, for white meat, you want 165. For dark meat, you want 175 internal temps. And for for pork, they'll say 145. Um, well, you know, for a pork loin, yeah, it's maybe 145. But, you know, if you're wanting to do pulled pork, then that's where these charts kind of fall apart that most people have put out um, because they don't, you know, they just want to get it to the point where the bacteria that might have existed is dead and it's right. safe to eat. And so when it comes to the difference between fall off the bone, baby back ribs yeah. and bite through ribs, there's a, a, a temperature difference there. And, and it's not going to, I haven't found a chart that really explores that, but that would be something that uh, I should do a podcast on. <laughs> you should. And also I think that's where timing would come in, right? Because if you know you want to do your pulled pork and it has to be, you know, 200, is that for two hours, three hours, five hours, right? Because you're going to probably slow cook it to get the, the meat as tender as you can. Yeah. And, and that, see, and that's going to vary a lot too, because you have some guys that pride themselves on serving a dish that they said they have smoked for 20 hours. Right. Right. And then you've got someone like me who comes along and, and I can do it a lot faster, not, you know, and, and have the same results. I can do it in eight hours, right? Because I, my heat's a little bit hotter. I cook a little bit faster. Um, and, and, and so the, the timing thing is, um, you know, there, there's some variations that are going to happen in there. Again, when you get larger cuts of meat, you know, because the fat content's going to be different, how that renders down is going to be different. Uh, 
Right. You know, how you trim it is going to make a difference. And so timing is not always the best way, especially on large cuts of meat. But when it comes to, uh, you know, those large cuts, having a probe in the meat and bringing it to a certain temp, um, that's, uh, that, that's going to give you the best results. Sorry, Rob. I'm just trying to push them towards a cooking channel on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so blind grilling, YouTube.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've got some YouTube shorts that we've grown up at, you know, trying to, you know, showcase some grills and we've done some fish cooks here recently. I'm um, hopefully in the next week or two, I'm going to record a video uh, cooking a, um, a banana bread. And so I'm, I'm hoping to get that video done, recorded and, and uploaded. Um, you know, do a smoked banana bread because that's amazing. Wow. Hmm. And, and so that, that's one of my goals here pretty soon, but yeah. Well, you'll be getting my address and an email sent to you tomorrow. <laughs> well, sorry. Well, let me just step it back for a minute, though. So, where did where did you develop this real love for for grilling? Was this something that you know you learned as you were growing up through your um, sort of vision loss, or is it something that you, you developed later? Where where did you land with all of this, and where did you learn a lot of this? So, I I, I did a lot of cooking growing up. Um, you know, I, we lived on a farm and, you know, we ran 2,500 acres with 500 head of cattle and then 500 acres of corn and soybean, depending on the year. So, you know, my, my parents were, you know, they, they worked, they, uh, ran the farm and, you know, I had an older brother and him and I did a lot of cooking, you know, on the farm. So, so I did a lot of grilling, right? We, we hunted, we fished and, you know, we were cooking and grilling, uh, you know, um, wild game. And so I always loved doing that, but, um, and, and this will get into kind of what grill I use because I, I was pretty much steak, burgers, brats, chicken, hot dogs, kind of grilling pretty much. That was all that I really did for the longest time. Well, my brother came and visited one day and I was cooking some steaks and I had this old metal grill that I had charcoal in and um, it had gotten hot and I'm feeling around, you know, and my fingertips are, are burnt because you're feeling around a hot metal grill. And my brother did the one thing that, you know, is, is the no-no when you're at someone else's house. You never touch another man's grill. Well, he he just felt so terrible watching me burn myself. He finally he just took over and finished off the steaks. Well, two weeks later, he showed up at my house with a ceramic grill called a big green egg. And, you know, he, he's like, come here and check this out. So we, we got it unloaded. We put it in the back patio and I'm, I'm feeling around, you know, and he's told me about the egg. I thought it was pretty neat, but I didn't really know much about it. Well, he said, go in, you know, get, get the food prepped and then we'll come back out and we'll go through, you know, how to use it. So I went in, I got the food prepped and I came back out and he said, all right, fill around the, the grill again and make sure you know where things are. So I'm feeling around. I, I know where the handle is. I said, all right, let's light it. And, and my, and keep in mind, my hands have been all over this grill already. And he said, it's already sitting at 350 degrees. And, and I was just blown away because this thick one inch ceramic grill shaped like an egg 
is sitting at 350 degrees and I'm, my hands are all over it <laughs> and I'm not burning myself. And it, it, it changed my world. And that, you know, that was 20 years ago. And, right. you know, from there, um, I, you know, I started learning how to do more and more, you know, when it came to the pulled pork and ribs and, and, uh, other cuts of meat and vegetables and, and, you know, how you could cook with cast iron in the grill and, uh, doing pies and breads and pizza and all these other things. And I got to the point where I told my wife, I challenged her. I told her, if you can cook something inside, I can do it outside. And I, I thought it was just kind of a fun little, little challenge. And, and so far, um, I've been able to do it. And, have you, uh, have you made a birthday cake on the grill yet? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we make cakes all the time. Nice. Yeah, we make cakes all the time. Wow. Sure enough. Pies, cakes, breads, pizzas. I mean, yeah, you name it, we do it. Wow. So I'm just curious to know about some of the reaction that you get from the blindness community in general, because I think that for a lot of people, they may feel like grilling is just something that's that's lost them. Either they didn't, they that's not something that they learned growing up through their own vision loss or they lost vision later in life and they just think that that's something that they can't do anymore do you do you sort of talk to people in the community like that who are who are generally su surprised and what kind where is kind of the entry point for those people to sort of introduce them to this kind of new world yeah that i i get that all the time from people and and that's where you know when when the the YouTube channel really started taking off and, and we started putting together the, these grilling packages. I was getting contacted by people who found the channel and they're like, man, I, I've been looking for something like this. I, I, I want to do this, but I didn't think I could, I didn't know how. And, um, you know, John Grimes was one of those, you know, he, uh, he, his brother had told him about our channel had found it because he was a big green egg user. And, you know, he, he, uh, told John about it and John contacted me. He's like, how, how are you doing this? This is great. And, and several others, you know, so I, you know, and I, I, I talk to people, um, weekly, uh, that, that have that same idea, right. That, uh, either, you know, they've been watching the channel and they're, they're getting into it or, um, um, you know, they've been grilling for a long time, but they're learning some new things. And and I've learned some things. People have contacted me and said, Hey, you know, uh, you were saying this, but you ought to try this. So, so that that's happened occasionally as well. But, um, the, the reaction has been pretty good, you know, and, and there's a lot of folks who are out there that, um, have purchased grills and used them sparingly. And then all of a sudden they find the channel and they contact me. It's like, you know, we, we've never grilled this much. We're, we're you know, we're, we're doing so much more, you know, with some of the instruction and it's been so much easier with some of the tips that you've shared. So that, that's really been encouraging and exciting and, and why I'm still doing the podcast and, and, and trying to throw up some videos every once in a while. Yeah, well, and I think that that's the, that's the wonderful thing about both the podcasting platform and even YouTube for that for that matter is that you can you can have these little niche channels like this is reconnecting people or connecting people with something that they they thought they could never do. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and that's yeah. I want to provide independence 
to those who have suffered vision loss that they thought they lost. Because if they can become independent and productive in their own home, right, they, they do something for themselves that, that morphs into then doing something for their family, and all of a sudden they're doing something for their neighbors, and all of a sudden now just they're, they're um, you know, instrumental in, in other things in their community as a whole because they're building their own confidence, you know, as they do things independently. Um, and, and that's what I love seeing. I've seen that take shape and, um, you know, these, these, these individuals who've become so productive in so many other ways, and it comes back to, um, you know, they, when they gained that independence and realized I can do this, if, if I'm willing to try, I can do this. Um, I, I will say this though, you know, I, I get a lot of response from people who are not blind that are learning and starting to grill as well. And a lot of people think, you know, with the, you know, I've got the tagline, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. And, you know, they, they look at that and, and they don't even realize I'm blind at first. And then, you know, they'll make a comment, Hey, why are you using gloves? Why don't, why don't you use tongs? And I'm like, because I'm blind, I can't use tongs. And they'll be shocked, you know, and, and, um, and then they, you know, they'll, they'll respond is like, man, I've been learning so much about these things, you know, from your channel. But at, at the same time, just as it's not for everyone, you know, and I say that not to discourage anyone who's blind or visually impaired, but listen, I know sighted folks, they have no business being around a grill. <laughs> I mean, they, they just can't, you know, right. they can't cook, right? I, I mean, I've got a sister-in-law, she can't cook you know, fully sighted. She's a great person. She's got a great job. She's, I mean, she's does great things, but she cannot cook, you know? And, uh, and, and so that it's not a blind or visually impaired or sighted right. you know, issue, you know, all the time. Sometimes it's just, some people just, just don't have a knack for it. So on the podcast, uh, cause I got to talk about the, the two podcasts a week schedule, because, you know, we, we do a weekly podcast and, and, you know, we're pulling our hair out. How do you find that? How do you find that balance in, um, releasing twice a week? Uh, it, it isn't always easy <laughs> for sure. You know, um, sometimes coming up with something, but usually I talk about a cook that we just did. And because I'm firing up the grill, you know, every couple of days, I've always got a cook I can talk about, you know, sometimes it's can might seem a little repetitive. I try not to do that, but um, you know, that's where we bring in some accessibility items. Um, you know, I'm, we talk about the difference between lump charcoal and briquettes. We talk about, you know, um, you know, pellets for pellet cookers and you know, why um, people don't like gas grills, you know, even though they have their place and and I'm actually getting ready to start a, a short series on choosing your next grill, um, and and so I've been working on, you know, putting those podcasts together, and hopefully they'll be dropping, you know, uh, here pretty soon. And so you know, uh, you can search for Blind Grilling Experience, which is the name of the podcast, and uh, hopefully you know we'll there'll be a, a series of podcasts that talks about, you know questions you need to ask before purchasing your grill, um, you know, and then what to look for in certain grills, what grills to stay away from, what grills are going to be accessible, what grills are not going to be accessible, 
uh, for the blind or visually impaired and uh, and kind of go from there. Yeah, because I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Like that must be a common question that you get asked from people who are who are sort of new to the whole process. Is well, you know, where do I start? And I guess that choosing the grill is probably one of the you know the first things that you know somebody has to look at. It, it is, um, but it, you'd be surprised at some of the things you need to figure out before you even get to that point. Because you know you have to, uh, and just to kind of give it away, I guess. But uh, first of all, what can you have where you live, right? Some people are renters, whether it's an apartment or a rental house or something like that. And and so there may be certain restrictions that you have there, you know. Um, do you have electricity run? Because there are some grills that require electricity, some accessibility items that may be out there that require electricity. And so do you have that? Uh, what kind of cooking do you want to do? Is it just going to be burgers, hot dogs, steaks, chicken, chicken wings uh, kind of thing? Or do you want to get into ribs and, and pulled pork and brisket low and slow? Um, you know, do you want to get into, you know, the baking uh, outside? You know, what, what do you want to cook? And once you get that figured out, then you ha- then you can move to, you know, what kind of fuel source? Do you want pellets? Do you want charcoal? Do you want gas? Do you want, uh, you know, a stick burner, you know, an offset smoker for those really long, low and slow, you know, heavy smoke flavored, you know, cooks. Um, And, you know, you, of course, there's always the budget and there's always how many people you're going to be cooking for, but um, there's a lot of things you need to figure out you know, before you can really decide which grill is going to be best for you. Wow. I'm still, I'm sorry. My mind's still blown that you can make banana bread in on a grill. <laughs> Birthday like, cake. How do you do a cake on a grill? Yeah. Oh, like that's, yeah, yeah. It, it does. It blows me away. Apple pie, right, is is awesome on the grill wow. as well. And, and the see, what's really cool about the smokers, let's say apple pie, for example. Right. Let's say you're going to do a pork butt. And the way we do our pork butt is I will, I've got this um, spicy apple seasoning that I'll use and I'll soak the, the pork butt in apple juice overnight. And, you know, got this uh, apple rub that we put on it. And when we put it on the smoker, we'll use apple wood, right. To add a little bit, you know, just keep that consistency. Well, then of course, you know, you put an apple pie in once you pull that pork off then you cook your apple pie and you, you know, got your apple wood in there and, and it's just, just infusing an apple smoke, you know, to the apple pie. You can do the same thing with peach pie or peach cobbler and use peach wood uh, with it. You know, cherries, you know, cherry wood is a real common. So you can do a cherry pie and use cherry wood. And, and so it's really cool because you can bring these different ways, types of smoke with the banana bread, because we put pecans on it, we use pecan wood, right? And so, um, you know, we we, tr- we try to bring all of that together, and um, it, it really works well. I'm waiting for the line of seasonings and sauces by Blind Grilling. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because, you we know, have, there's, like, here in, here in Canada, you know, we got, you know, Bullseye, and we got, you know, the, your national brands, which all suck. I've been on the hunt for a good barbecue sauce for, like, 25 years, <laughs> right? And I just haven't found one, so I usually don't. It's, it's salt and pepper. So, yeah, there you go. 
new idea, blind grill and seasoning and sauces. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We nice. we had one company that had partnered with us who made us a rub, and we called it the blindsided rub. Oh, wow. And it, it was awesome because it actually had espresso in it as well. <laughs> wow. Uh, and it, it was amazing. But uh, it was a single run kind of deal and, and don't don't have any more. But, uh, yeah, I would love to. I'd love to do that. But I know a lot of people that make rubs. I know, you know I have a lot of friends in that industry. And, yeah. uh, and it's uh, – there's, there's it's just such a saturated market. Right. It, that yeah. – um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to get into. It takes a lot of money. Yeah. Well, that Rob, we need to do a road trip. Yeah, just clearly. Yeah. Absolutely, come down, man. We we will make sure that uh, <laughs> you find out just how good miserable can feel. <laughs> <laughs> There's so, another tagline so, for you. <laughs> that's right. So. So tell, talk to me a little bit about the, the podcast and sort of the guests. Do, are, do you always sort of have a guest on each episode or is it sort of a, you know, every once in a while? And what kind of guests do you sort of have on? So the guests are every once in a while. I do a lot of the, the episodes by myself. They're, they're not very long. Uh, I would say between 20 to 35 minutes. Occasionally, if we have a guest, we might run a little longer, 40, 45. But for the most part, I would say between 20 and 35 minutes or so. Um, you know, we've uh, usually those who are grillers I have on the podcast. So John Grimes um, has been on a guy named Vince, who's here in this area, uh, who was a recipient of one of the one of the packages um, is um, he's on the podcast occasionally. Um, there is, I had a lady by the name of Carrie, Carrie on accessibility um, is, is her YouTube channel, but uh, she was on uh, just last week or a couple of weeks back uh, talking about accessible things. She doesn't cook. Right. But we, I wanted to talk about uh, food delivery apps um, she's big into the whole technology touchscreen and trying to, you know, uh, do testing and things like that. So, so I wanted to talk to her about um, appliances, but not only, and then, you know, the food delivery apps, such as you know, the, um, from restaurants, but then also from grocery stores and the delivery apps that you can order and what is accessible, what is not accessible and kind of get her take on that. So, um, you, you know, we've had, uh, we've had some chefs on and, you know, that, so we try to keep that focus for the most part, but um, generally though, it, it is, uh, we try to keep it food related, but I do most of it by myself. So what kind of response have you gotten from the podcast and has it surprised you? It, it has um, the, the, the surprise every time I get an email, right. And I, and I get emails, you know, uh, almost every day from somebody listens to the podcast And you know, it's just, I, I'm humbled. I'm blown away. Um, some of the questions they ask sometimes just to comment, you know, that they can relate or, um, yeah, you know, that that's, you know, great point or yeah, this is the grill I'm using things like that. So it, it's, um, it, it's, it's really been awesome, the response. And it's been from all over, you know, from, you know, from um, 
uh, not only in the U.S. but you know other countries, as, you know Canada and uh, the U.K. So it, it's I've gotten questions from everywhere, which has been great. I'm I'm extremely humble to say the least. Right. It it is it is a lot of fun, and I'm actually I'm talking to a guest who is an outdoor writer and hunter uh, from Canada, and he's he he's just gotten back from a South Africa hunt. And uh, then he went to, uh, did a turkey hunt down in, in um, uh, South Dakota. And, but while he's on his adventures, he eats some just crazy, crazy food. You know, um, I think he did a spiked caterpillar in South Africa. Um, and, and so, you know, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> you know, but, you know, he, but he, he does a lot of recipes, wild game and things. And I love talking to him about those recipes and the cooks that he does. And, and, you know, there, he, he doesn't have a visual impairment, but, you know, there's still a lot that can be said and learned mm -hmm. from the cooks that he does. And, and, um, you know, and everyone loves to hear about crazy, crazy yeah. food, you know, I mean, I don't know what, what's, what's the craziest thing you guys have ever eaten. For me, probably a kangaroo burger. Kangaroo, uh, yeah. Uh, broccoli? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a bunch. I'm not much of an adventure seeker in general, and especially not food. Uh, man, a kangaroo burger? Where yeah. did you get that? Uh, one of the restaurants. Really? Yeah, or uh, one of our cruises. It was somewhere. I hear alligator is very interesting. It it is. It's great. I love it. In fact, we just had a a, a store here that was selling whole alligators um, for wow. putting on the grill. And um, uh, so, yeah, uh, we we fry alligator tail all the time. We we wow. love it. Yeah. See that that intrigues me for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Well, Maybe it's, it's a... like tables are turned. I'm eating you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's another interesting conversation that Chris and I were having before the show started, Rob, is, you know, I don't think we have very many, like, barbecue, legit barbecue places here in Canada, especially here in the Lower Mainland. I think it's more of a, a big U.S. thing, but you're out way more than I am. Do you know of any barbecue places? No, no, it, it's very true. Yeah, we don't, we don't, um, and I don't think it's as big of a culture uh, up here as it is down there, which is, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, there's, there's regional styles when it comes to barbecue from Texas to Kansas city, to Memphis, you know, to Georgia, they, they've all got their, their differences. Um, you know, Carolina sauce, as opposed to, uh, you know, like a vinegar or, you know, North Carolina or South Carolina, whether it's vinegar or mustard, Kansas city, tomato base, Memphis dry rub, Alabama white sauce. I mean, you know, there's these regions that all have different things going for them. And, um, you know, so even if you've been in, depending on where you've been in the U S you know, you, you still you might not well have had, you know, the, the whole experience. Wow. wow. Man. See, there's a whole curriculum to be taught on barbecue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's true. So let me let me ask you this, Chris. Like, do you find that that doing the show and having different guests on, or even like talking about some of the different cooks that you've done, do you find that it's a real learning experience for yourself? It, it is. I, I do find that because you know when I'm 
when I'm wanting to do a cook for, well, for example, I had the, a guy named Vince on uh, a while back and we talked about the two different ways that we made our own bacon, right? We did a, a seven day um, brining of pork belly and made our own bacon. And we did it two completely separate ways. The, the only thing we had in common was the fact that it took seven days and that we both used pork belly. Other than that, there was absolutely nothing that was similar in in our methods and in our brining of uh, of making this bacon. And so it, it was it you know just little things like that you know was a, a great learning experience for me. Uh, and and some other techniques and things that people use that um, you know that they share when they come on is is, is interesting. Cuts of meat. You know, John is a big fan. John Grimes is a big fan of flank steaks. And I, I, you know, I may have eaten flank steak twice in my life, you know, and, you know, and they're eating it, you know, two or three times a month. So, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's always interesting, you know, the, the things that people eat and, and cook and, um, you know, it, it, I definitely learn for sure. You had me at bacon. You can make your own bacon. We need yes. to. We need to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, have you ever thought about like so spinning the show off and maybe talking about say say cooking in general, or is really grilling that's 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 your wheelhouse? Uh, no, we we talk about grilling. Uh, I mean, we we talk about cooking in general. Um, you know, I've talked about sous vide cooking. I've got a sous vide cooker that I use, and we've talked about that. Air frying, um, you know, using of the air fryer. Uh, you know, other techniques that are good just in the kitchen in general. Um, you know, cooking bacon, whether it's in a skillet or in the oven, you know, and ways to do that. Uh, so we, we definitely talk about cooking as a whole. Um, I find myself more often talking about the grilling aspect of things, but again, when I said earlier, you know, I told my wife, if you can cook it inside, I can cook it outside. Well, you can reverse that for the most part. If you, you know, do it outside, you can cook it inside. You know, there's, there's a lot of similarities because it's, it's a matter of, of temperature, right? Your heat source and your food uh, and the temperature you're getting it to. Um, and so, there's a lot of things that can transfer from one place to the other, from outside to inside and vice versa. Um, and, you know, I did a lot of quick tip Tuesdays on the YouTube channel uh, several years ago. And those, you know, those hold true. And a lot of those are in the kitchen based uh, rather than at the grill. While there's some at the grill, there's several that are in the kitchen. You know, definitely we, we try to incorporate it all into the podcast. Well, speaking of the podcast, if they, if they do want to check out the podcast or the YouTube channel, where can they find you? So the podcast is Blind Grilling Experience. And we are on, you know, all, all the pod, you know, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, I just, it, it's on everything. Um, so, um, just search for blind grilling experience and you should be able to find the podcast. Uh, you could ask your smart device to, to play <laughs> blind grilling experience. Um, YouTube is you know, youtube.com slash blind grilling. And you can find us 
you know, there with all our videos and things that we post as well. Awesome. Well, listen, we want to thank you so much for taking the time out uh, to come talk to us. I, for one, am starving. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually going to subscribe and see if I can up my grilling game. Uh, I'm excited to start learning. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's more to life than burgers and hot dogs. Oh, so good. <laughs> and, it's, and it's getting to be barbecue season, right? It is. So yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. We've got ours I'm cleaned ready. up and ready to go. I appreciate you guys having me. I really do. All right. Well, best of luck with, with the uh, with the podcast and keep up the good work, sir. Yeah, thank you so much. Yep. Yep. You guys take it easy. Thanks. Okay. Bye. So, Ryan. Yes. And when are you when are you gonna uh, cook a birthday cake in your? Do you have a barbecue? <laughs> we do, yeah. 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 And how often do you grill? Never. Okay. See, there you go. Now I haven't no grilled excuse. since I've lost my sight, so almost yeah. thirty years. Well, you are a perfect uh, subscriber then to the podcast. I know. I was looking at the YouTube to channel today. I'm gonna definitely look at the podcast, and even if there's stuff I can do in inside. Yeah. Um. You know, totally. trying banana bread in a cast iron frying pan, you know. Wow. There's yeah, lots of wow. things to try. Yeah, well, I expect, uh, we expect to have an AT banter barbecue then. <laughs> Maybe you got you to work fast. Maybe we'll do that for the anniversary show. Yeah, no. Just have a barbecue over your place. What do you mean, no? Steve's the cook. He's got the sous vide and yeah, he's got, true. I don't know if he's got a smoker, yeah. but he probably yeah, does. true. He's the chef. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, it's intimidating, right? Like, I don't know. I don't, like, I can kind of use my grill, but, like, you know, cook hamburgers and... Well, that's just it. Like, God thing. I don't... Like Chris was talking about, you know, depending on where you live, what type of grill, you know, there's there's the gas, there's the briquette, there's the pellet, there's blah, 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 gas. And then, you know, what do you want to cook on it? And then there's, you know, the temperature of it. Like, there's there's more to it than just throwing some beef patties on your grill and wait until they're charred. <laughs> well, I th totally. But I think that that's that's the part that's intimidating because yeah. grilling, something like grilling and cooking, is intimidating enough. But when you add sort of the blindness component to it, I think a lot of people, yeah, just think that that's just something that they they can't do. They learn a certain set of skills, yeah, and that and they stop. And so that's why I think the real value of the podcast is, you know, he's out there showing people that. No, you know, not at all. Like you make some minor adaptations. And that's what really shocked me about this is that he's talking about really all he's done is like a certain, you know, those those pair of gloves. Yeah. And a talking meat thermometer. And that's pretty much it. Everything yep. else is just learned following recipes and doing little tips and tricks. But a lot of it's not necessarily has that visual component to it. It doesn't even factor into it. It's just, right. this is how you cook this. This is when you, you know, what you need to do and when you need to do it. And this is what the temperature needs to be and voila. Right. So I think that that's so cool because I'm sure that for a lot of people, yeah, it's, it's the, they're able to sort of connect with grilling uh, when they couldn't before. So yeah, no, absolutely. So it's very cool. It is indeed. You know, I'm, I'm to, tempted to, you know, reach out to him again and see where I can get, you know, a, a meat probe or talking meat thermometer. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, just buy some cheap cuts of, you know, steak or whatever, some cheap cuts of meat, you know, so I'm not, you know, wasting a lot of money in case things go bad. But, <laughs> and try it, right? Okay, yeah, the steak's got to be at whatever, 250 degrees 
let's let's try this. Yeah. You know, I'm not afraid to reach under the grill and grab something. Yeah. Just got to find it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, too, it sounds like you need the right one. Like that that egg grill sounded amazing. Like, you know, it could be at 350 and you can be touching the outside of it and not even realize it's on. Like, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it is. So um, it's all just a matter of the right equipment and, you know, just having that right knowledge. So Indeed. But man, this is this show has made me real hungry. <laughs> yeah, you can't stay home and eat. You got to go out. And now. I don't have. Uh, yeah, I don't have any any meat around. I, like I was gonna pass. I have passed the sauce that's waiting for me. Skip. And de- now skip delivers. Spaghetti just is not gonna cut it tonight. No, I'd After be ordering from Skip. Meat for fifty minutes. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, speaking of that, we need to get out of here so yep. we can both go eat. So, uh, hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. Where can people find us? Out in the backyard grilling. Yes. But if they don't find us there, atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell. <laughs> Had to find it. <laughs> at atbanter.com. It's on my shelf. And hey, if you email us, uh, Ryan will send you his favorite grilling recipe. Ah, that is currently under development. Yeah, there you go. And if you can recommend a barbecue sauce, let me know. Cowbell at atbanter.com. Yeah, there you go. Because I hate barbecue sauce. I haven't found one I like. Oh, really? Yeah. Not even that. uh, You know what I like is that... uh, Well, no, actually. see, See, this is where... No, that's a rub. See, I don't know what the difference between a rub and a barbecue sauce. Well, the rubs are dry. Typically dry spices like a, oh. a keg steak spice right mm. like that's what goes on all my beef oh um or linda so. makes her own too but a sauce would be like you know craft yeah, right. barbecue sauce or right. the bullseye barbecue sauce that comes in right. a bottle like ketchup right right i guess i'm thinking of a marinade right like what meat can you marinate what's the difference between a marinade and a sauce like i don't i know nothing i think I marinades are a little that. thinner yeah, but or yeah, I know that you have to put them on at different times. Like, there's a whole science to barbecuing. <laughs> there is, yep. <laughs> Anyways, see, I'm just making myself more hungry now. There you go. Uh, where were we? They can also find us on all the social media stuff, uh, like uh, Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook, Facebook and Mastodon. And Mastodon. Yep. Man, that felt really weird doing that. I've, I don't think in seven years I've done the socials. <laughs> First time for everything. There you go. All right. Well, with that, I think that's going to about do it for uh, this week. Big thanks to Chris, of course, for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.